0: Hello, welcome to this late night edition of Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles the Fearless Records Punk Go series, and hopefully this isn't one that you end up hating.
1: Are you actually recording? Yes. Huh. That was... Maybe we should just do that from now on. Like, no sort of time to mentally prepare, just start.
0: Well, I, I, as, as I said, I think, two weeks ago, how many episodes start off with us? Or We we edited out, but how many do we... Is there, like, the beginning of you going, e recording? Yep.
1: Yeah, I... <laughs> I think that just says a lot about the dynamic of the two of us.
0: I, I want to pull one over on you. Oh. I mean, no, I don't.
1: So, I've got a question for you. Yeah? Is there such a thing as too much of a good thing?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because we had some delicious mousse, chocolate mousse for dessert, and it was wonderful, but I feel slightly ill now.
0: <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling all right. but Yeah? The, yeah, even, even the small amount that I put in there seems like a lot. Yeah. We also put a lot of cream in there as well.
1: Well, you, you gotta have it. You can't have mousse without cream.
0: Look, next time what I will get is ice cream. That'll feel a little bit lighter than cream. Really? And then it'll be, no.
1: Yeah, anyway. Not at all. This week we are looking at the song Do Hust by Ramstein as covered by Motionless in White.
0: Now, I'm going to say it at the top of this episode right now. I and and I imagine you will as well. will be calling them, pronouncing them, Ramstein. Mm-hmm. They're not Ramstein. They're not Ramstein. Ramstein. However you want to pronounce it. I'm going by the pronunciation that lead singer Till Lindemann himself gives it in the song Ramstein. Ramstein, which is Ramstein. So.
1: Funnily enough.
0: Funnily enough. Sorry about that rant.
1: No, that's okay.
0: So, how's your week been?
1: It's been fine. Yeah. Not much to report, really.
0: You did an excellent job editing last week's episode. Oh, thank you. That oh. was an excellent episode as well.
1: No, thank you again to Friend of the Pod, Richard S. He, for coming out and chatting to us. It was. One of those things where we were like, are you sure you want to talk about this? Because it could be sensitive. He was like, no, man, it's fine. So,
0: And nearly two hours later. Yep. Although no. by the time you edited it, did it get to about two hours?
1: Uh, About an hour 50 all up.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, no, it was good. <laughs> I th- thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Do you think it's kind of, I don't know if hypocritical is the right word. Uh, we always complain when a movie is about two hours long.
2: Mm.
0: Yet, I feel really accomplished if we get a podcast, if you and I record a podcast, up to about two hours in length.
1: See, I don't really see it as an accomplishment. Like, I sort of see it as like, ah, oh, we obviously just had a lot to talk about. But to me, it's not so much... Like, it's quality versus quantity. Yeah. Like, if we did a tight 45 minutes, but it was super interesting, then I yeah. don't care. But, like, yeah, I feel like... Yeah, last week's episode was longer than most, but I think it was necessary.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And yeah, I, one of the first, well not one of the first, but like one of the few episodes where I really feel like we've sort of done our bit for music journalism, even though we really haven't. Well, you
0: you studied journalism as well, so. (laughs)
1: Yep, and look where it got me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I did, but... I was not cut out for it. When I was a teenager, I dreamed of being a writer for, like, Rolling Stone and all that, but... Same.
0: Yeah. Not Rolling Stone, but, yeah, just, like, a music magazine that got to talk about heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Held on to that for a little bit, and then was like, nah, I don't think so. Nah. I think, for me, the length of a podcast that has sort of created a stigma in my brain, because I would... In When I moved up here, but I still worked down, you know, in my old town. So I was about 80 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And for me, I needed about an 80 minute long podcast yep. each week to get down to work. Mm-hmm. Or else I'd need to be changing podcasts while driving, which I wouldn't do because it's illegal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, that is A one wink. of the... <laughs> That is one of the things I do not enjoy about driving is needing to set up your music for the length of your drive. Because not like not even just because it's the like following like the laws of the road and all that but like I hate like I just do not touch my phone because I'm just like god no like I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. But yeah, the amount of times I have had to pull over <laughs> and like sit there and like change everything before yeah. I start again because I'm just like and I don't like that.
0: I like that, because you're telling me you're a safe driver. Ah, oh, look, so,
1: what can I say? I Yeah, anyway. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. Shall Basically.
0: we uh, kick into it? Because I know you've been so excited for this all week.
1: <sighs> yeah, I guess. So...
0: I mean, I've been... I, I, I actually have been very excited for this, but you have just been... <laughs> you have not been looking forward to this. Nope. At all. So... Let's talk about Rammstein.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So Rammstein were formed in 1994, and they hail from Berlin, Germany. Uh, Sam has queried here our first European artist, and I believe you're correct.
0: Uh, kind of. I guess with um, with White Lion, they the lead singer was European. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know formed the band in America, I assume, probably was in America for a long time before, like, maybe went over there and then yeah. Mm. formed the band. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that is it and it's probably gonna it's probably gonna hit me at like halfway the halfway point of this episode and I'm gonna scream out, actually no we did the Venga Boys. That would be great. Are the Venga Boys European? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I
1: so the band got their big break after winning a local contest where they were able to record a demo and send it off to different record labels.
0: I'd be so curious to know what those other bands were and what their styles of music were yeah because i'm just imagining i'm imagining stuff that isn't rammstein that's not that heavy and industrial sounding and weird
1: yeah i'm picturing like either polar opposite to what they are like just lots of different stuff and somehow miraculously they made the cut or it was entirely like industrial yeah stuff and they were better than the rest of them. Um, yeah. No, interesting one.
0: It's a, it's a cool competition to win, though. Like, yeah, you get your stuff recorded and then, you know, send it off to people. Yeah. I guess. It's kind of similar to, I guess, sort of similar to, like, a writing competition.
1: Yeah, I guess you know, so. You
0: you win it and then it gets, you, I mean, you get money and it also gets published, so it gets put out there. Yeah. read, essentially. Mm-hmm. So... As someone who's entered plenty, but not won a single thing,
1: you're a winner to me.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, in
1: 1995, I don't know why I print 1995, not
0: 9095.
1: 9095. In 90, uh, Ram Ramstein began their working relationship with record producer JPEG. Oh.
0: JPEG Helner.
1: I'm just going to let you take over.
0: Uh, they began their working relationship with record producer Jacob Holner, a relationship that has spanned the vast majority of their career. I believe it was basically their last album, which came out last year, mm-hmm. which I think is a self-titled album. I would need to pick that up, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he worked on everything else for huh. them. Huh. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Don't know why. Or, or, you know, Again, I would need to look into that album, and I haven't, because we're gone back to 1997 for this one so yeah so they recorded their 95 their 90 <laughs> debut album hers allied yeah and we are not well i'm not a german enough to uh to you know pronounce these words correctly
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're not german at all so
1: i'm about as german as you are let's be real
0: <laughs> Let's be real, I'm a little bit more German than you but not by, <laughs> not by much. That that water's pretty diluted. Yeah. But still. Um so they recorded their 1995 debut album hers like now I'm saying it. 1995. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um and I I made a note of this just because in my mind it's it's the most hilarious album cover.
1: I think I'm I'm just going to google it while you describe it for our listeners.
0: It's All right. So Rammstein has six members, Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a few of them are, are very built. So, like, lead singer Till Lindemann, he's, a, he's mm. a beefy man with, like, big muscles. And the album cover is hilarious to me, because it's just them, shirtless, staring into the camera. They're all shirtless and oiled, and it looks like in the background they've just... Superimposed a picture of a giant sunflower or something.
1: It looks like a gerbera to me.
0: It's like yeah, a big yellow flower. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, so yeah, very '90s vibes, but like not the vibes I would picture to go with Ramstein.
0: And then so I look up their next album, which has Du Hast on it. It's um, what's it called? It's like Sen Sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sen Sucked. So S E N S U C H T.
1: Let me... And
0: that, that definitely is like, oh, that's, Ram. that's Rammstein. That is 100% Rammstein, the next one. But there's something about this, and I'll get more into like, my Yeah, feelings. that makes sense. I'll get more into like my my relationship with Rammstein. That sort of, this album cover still is very Rammstein as well. The lied one. Yeah? I don't know. I'll, as I said, I'll get into that with my relationship with the band. Okay. But I just, um, maybe remind me because I haven't written anything to go back to that. But yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I just love it. I want to, I want to put a big, big old poster of that up on our bedroom wall. Well, wow. On the roof. So these six German men are looking down on us, watching us as we sleep. <laughs> so, uh, the band has coexisted for 26 years with no lineup changes. That's cool. That's, that's almost miraculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like to just to, like to think nearly thirty years and none of them no one has left. Mm-hmm. Even the wiggles can't make that claim to fame. Hey now. Well that's true though. It is. I... It's, not, it's not like the sorry.
1: <laughs> I am not in the mental state to have this conversation.
0: <laughs> Alright.
1: I agree with you, it's very impressive.
0: So, okay, the lineup consists of Till Lindemann on vocals, Richard mm-hmm. Zed Krusp on lead guitar, Paul Landers, rhythm guitar, Oliver Ryan Dell on bass, mm-hmm. Christoph Schneider on drums, and Christian, inverted commas, Flake Lorenz on keyboards.
1: Why do you think his nickname is Flake?
0: I don't know, but he's the weird-looking one of the band.
1: Oh, it's so not maybe very nice. he is
0: a Flake. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's kind of like how we have Flake over Flake over here is when you're eating shark. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't know. Maybe he, maybe he has eczema. Who knows?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. Okay, I regret asking.
0: That wasn't the response I was expecting.
1: Well, it's what you got.
0: <laughs> so, okay, and the band has, uh, you know, to lead back into just really briefly. I was reading about like the reasons why they have sort of kept the same lineup for for someone. It's because they kind of say, well, if I want to, like, Till will we go, well, if I want to go do my own thing, the band fully respects that and lets me go do my own thing. Yeah. We take we take time away from each other. And that's that thing of, like, absence makes the heart grow fonder.
1: No, it's just the foundation for a good relationship is everyone has their separate lives, but then their lives together. Yeah. Not good on them.
0: I agree. So they have had their fair share of controversy. Mm-hmm. I didn't look into this as to why, but they have been accused of being attached to neo Nazism. Wonderful. Uh, but they have staunchly refuted those claims. In fact, they're a very left leaning band.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if it's maybe. I mean, they might have done something on stage or something that sort of made that idea. Who knows? But they, are uh, so yeah, as I said, they're very, very left-leaning. Uh, they are very, um, supportive of the LGBTQI plus community. I mm-hmm. had uh, a, a show in Moscow last year, uh, both guitarists, Krusp and Landers, kissed and embraced each other on stage, Aww. showing their support. I like uh, that
1: for some reason, support is in capital letters here, showing support! <laughs>
0: Uh, I didn't really notice that. <laughs> um, and that that wasn't really received that well, them doing mm. that in Russia.
1: I mean, shakes out.
0: But, yeah, there was um, basically, I think it was a journalist in Russia, was like, they're just doing it to piss us off. It's like, maybe, but they're also, sounds like they're decent dudes who are like, hey, you know, love is love and we yeah. should be equal to each other
1: yeah imagine that what yeah. a radical idea
0: yeah I know right um so I did watch the the live in Paris show that I think they did last year as well mm-hmm. and it's um to prepare for this I did not and no, that's all right I was not going to ask you to <laughs> i um I watched it I didn't watch it all at once I watched it in little bursts because it goes for about two hours okay, so it's filmed by Swedish musician slash director Jonas Ackland. mm-hmm uh he was the former drummer of the Swedish black metal band Bathory. Yep. Sick band. Uh he also then took that or not took that, but he also then from the ashes of the band that was Bathory became a he directed a he's directed a lot of music videos and even some films. So mm-hmm. he directed the Lords of Chaos film, the movie about mayhem. Oh yeah. Yep. Um and he also directed the film clips for Smack My Bitch Up by The Prodigy, Ray of Light by Madonna, and I Miss You by Blink-182.
2: Yeah.
1: I was literally listening to an episode of Blink-155 today where they were talking about Jonas.
0: It was funny because you were in the shower listening to that.
1: As I am when I listen to most musical things.
0: And I didn't I didn't even hear them say the name Jonas Sackland, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, they're talking about Jonas Sackland, aren't they? Yep. They... While I was brushing my teeth. So it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you knew it. you knew what I meant, though. I did. Uh, and also for you, he has directed the 1989 World to Alive.
1: That fucking blows my mind. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but it just cracks me up. The the
0: the dude who was involved in like the first wave of black metal,
1: and for just like,
0: is involved with Taylor Swift.
1: I think it's more just the parallel... Well, not even no, they're not even parallels. Like the. Polarity of smack my bitch up versus Taylor Swift nineteen eighty nine world tour. Like
0: yeah. I think it's just a matter of like you look at his catalogue of work and it's just kinda of like the dude works. Yeah. He just works. Yeah. I think it's like I'm not gonna I don't really care who you are, I'm gonna do something interesting for you. Oh
1: so... no, like I don't think it's so much him signing off on the people he works with as the other way around. Yeah, yeah,
0: and that's probably a lot of it as
1: particularly well. like nineteen eighty nine Taylor Swift was still very rigid in terms of her marketing and yeah. image and everything. So like that to me is sort of like oh, interesting choice. Like it, yeah. yeah. Obviously he's very good at what he does but you just, you wonder if there was any sort of hesitation on their part because of his previous body of work. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Um. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the Rammstein in, live in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's both sort of... Like, not the not the direction of the filming. The filming and the editing and everything is, is sort of beautifully done. Yep. And the little title cards they put in at the beginning of each song is, you know, beautifully done. But it's... And it is very Rammstein. It's very ugly as well. Yep. But it's intended to be that way. Like yeah. they, they they start off the this, this set and it's almost like they're, like, coming out of the apocalypse, sort of. Okay. And... Yeah, they're just looking all dirty and grimy and just exhausted, but then they you know, go out and you know, play for two hours. Yeah. Um so I put in a note here for my sister, <laughs> my sister Vashti, that she will be pleased to know that Till still stimulates having sex with Christian on stage for the song Book Dish.
1: He also still simulates having sex with Christian. Not Did I stimulates? Say
0: st- stimulate. <laughs> Both. Yeah, look. So it was a thing. Um, that he's been doing forever, that they've been doing forever for the song Book Dish. Which means, I believe, Bend Down, which is a song about BDSM. Um, and so Christian comes out with a dog collar and leash, (laughs) maybe like a ball gag. Okay. And, um, Till whips out a fake penis and pretends to have sex with him like, thrusting at the beat of the songs, Like, the, be- the the rhythm of the song is like... Okay. So he's thrusting during that, and then... And you're going to make a face at this.
1: Alright, let's try me.
0: He fire hose ejaculates everywhere. Yep, you made a face. Ew. And it's kind of... Because I remember, I remember Vashti showing me this. Um, like, showing me the video for that. And it's at this... It's... It, is like a, it's like a hose yeah so it is at this sort of stage where it's like if it was just like if it was a realistic proportion it would be really sort of like uh, I don't know about that but because it's so over the top yeah, yeah. in my mind I am, I feel mature for laughing at immature for laughing at it no. but at the same time it's so overboard that I can't help but laugh at it a bit
1: well it sounds like they sort of that's the campest possible iteration they could have done of that. Like, unless they had, like, a fucking glitter, like, cannon or something. Or, like, streamers or
0: something. I mean, later on in the song Pussy, he he has a a penis cannon. It's like an actual cannon that he's, like, shooting foam off.
1: (laughs) So, like... I'm just thinking logistics here. So, is the... Penis I'm picturing like One of those Fake daggers Where like When you stab someone But it just sort It's spring loaded And it goes back Inside the handle
0: So the the, I think Logistically So book dish It's like a It's like an Anatomically correct size Might have even been Like a mould of his I don't know Um It sort of Just goes into his pants And he pulls it out And then goes back Into his pants When he's done
1: But I mean like When he's simulating Having sex Because it's not Going anywhere Is it, like, a collapsible dick is what I'm asking? (laughs) I mean, it could be. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Man, they should do, like, more plays. Could you imagine, like, the the fight scene in Romeo and Juliet, the sword fighting scene, but it's, like, with fake... It's, like, with (laughs) spring-loaded dicks.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I just...
0: The, The psycho shower scene?
1: No, no.
0: All right. I'll stop. That.
1: I like to think I'm not a prude, but also I don't feel like talking about simulated sex on stage for tonight. Sure.
0: <laughs> so, let's talk about Du Hast.
1: Yeah. Ooh.
2: Die.
0: From the 1997 album sensukt, Sensuked Sen Sen Um That was the one I was telling you about Before to look up
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, So that was their Second album And this was their Second single Yep The B-side to this single Was Dish. Yep <laughs> <laughs> uh, So Duhast Featured on The Matrix And was a playable Song on Both Guitar Hero 5 And Rock Band 3 That's cool. The title is a play on the homophones do hust with two S's, meaning you hate, and do hust with one S, meaning you have.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Which, when we listened to the English translation, I guess it's sort of, you lose that bit, but then at the same time, I don't know which ones, hust and hust.
1: So, just a note on that, because yeah, I was looking up the English translation of the lyrics, and so... I believe they've released an English version of it where they do absolutely say you hate. Yeah. But then, if you look on Genius dot com, the English translation of the German version says you have. So it does still have a somewhat ambiguous yeah feel to it, which I like.
0: Um. So it charted at ninety-seven. On the ARIA charts. Mm-hmm. Number 10 in Austria, 2 in Canada, <laughs> 5 in Germany, 186 in the UK, and 20 in the US.
1: I'm impressed that it charted so high in Canada. Yeah. I don't know, like, I just... Yeah. It doesn't seem... Oh, I don't they, know.
0: They have a very thriving death metal scene in Canada.
1: Yeah, and I guess they have like just a thriving arts scene as well. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess that checks out.
0: So, thoughts on the band and thoughts on the song. Should I kick it off? Because...
1: Possibly. Because you have a lot more to talk about than I do.
0: Oh, I I kind of love Ramstein. Yeah? Um, do tell. This was a band that... So I used to get compilation CDs from my sister and brother-in-law for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And so it was a lot of Marilyn Manson and some Slipknot. And... They had some Rammstein on there.
1: That's really cool that they gave you comp CDs, by the way. Yeah, no,
0: it was. And I used to love getting my comp CDs from them, yeah. and they used to like used to do you know comp DVDs with just film clips and stuff as well.
1: So they would burn these CDs for you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and no, so it was cool. it was really
0: cool. Yeah. And so it was my sister that got me into Rammstein. Hey. And yeah, it was it was one of those things like you know we used to laugh watching Book Dish. And we would talk about Ramstein, and she would talk about her, uh, her not so hidden crush on Till Lindemann, <laughs> the lead singer. We and we spoke with her about it last a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and it was still very much like, oh yeah, still very much you know love Ramstein, and now getting her kids into Ramstein as well. Sick. Which let's maybe you know wait until they're eighteen to see Book Dish, but. You know, know, my middle nephew is apparently learning German and he's, you know, sort of translating some of the lyrics as well, which is pretty cool.
1: I still think I should get in while I can and get him into pop punk. He might already
0: be on the the beginning stages of going goth, so.
1: I mean, that would be cool.
0: That would be cool.
1: I I cannot picture him looking goth, but that's fine. (laughs) See, I can picture him going for like pop punk kind of oh, thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So this Huge is why. Shorts. Yeah, like Dickies, shorts, jenkos, whatever. Uh, uh,
0: uh, an Atticus shirt, Ugh. sideways cap. Yep. Yeah. And socks up to here. Yep. I used to have socks. I used to have knee socks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a pair of white ones and a pair of black ones. Let me tell you something: knee socks are not comfortable.
1: They are absolutely not unless you are like. Thin as a rake.
0: They are really not comfortable. They are not
1: forgiving to anyone who is beyond a serpent size.
0: But beyond a circumcise?
1: Yeah, beyond a circumcise.
0: I, um, yeah, I loved my black, my black knee socks, even though they felt like fucking death.
1: I gotta say, never really pictured you ever wearing knee-high socks, not even as like a pop-punk aesthetic.
0: I think I wore them because <laughs> Joey Jordison from Slipknot had them. Right. In a picture and I was like, that looks dope.
1: Cause to me, knee high socks just makes me think of like private school.
0: But this wasn't like this wasn't like socks up to here, this was socks that went up to about there. <laughs>
1: see? To me it just makes it even funnier. <laughs> like it was
0: basically like if I wore shorts, you wouldn't see any skin. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when you see someone who wears a long sleeve shirt underneath a short sleeve shirt. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> just maximum coverage. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, no, I, I just, Rammstein. is. It's one of those bands that you know, again, that I discovered as a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, from my sister shared that with her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's still a band that I go back to a yeah. lot. It's still a band that I listen to a lot. It's their sound is very. I don't know, it's, it, it has that industrial edge to it. Yep. But it's heavy as fuck. <laughs> and it, it it's that thing of, it could be played in either a techno club or, you know, a metal club, a metal bar, essentially, and it would fit in either aspect. And I kind of, it's the most industrial I will ever get, mm-hmm. in my mind. Maybe Fear Factory. Fear Factory I was into for a while. Right. But I haven't listened to Fear Factory in years. Mm-hmm. I also like that I can listen to them while reading.
1: Because okay. Yeah, of course.
0: I, it's, it's a music that I can listen to while reading that's not death metal or a video game soundtrack.
1: Is that because it's in a different language yeah. so it doesn't distract you? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm not clinging on to words. And that being said, I can also sing to it. Mm. And it doesn't matter if I don't know the lyrics, I just make it sound German and I roll my R's.
1: Well, there you go.
0: <laughs> I just... And I... I feel like, I mean, I discovered the Black Dahlia Murder. I think first. Yep. But they're also a band that that is serious. But it's this weird thing. Like I was comparing them in my mind today to Leslie Nielsen. Do so you know Leslie Nielsen from Flying High yeah. or Aeroplane to yeah. the Americans. They have their moments. Like they're a very serious band, and they have their very they had their dark imagery, their serious imagery. But they also have fun.
1: Meaning Black Dahlia murder or Rammstein?
0: Both. Okay. Really. But but yeah, Rammstein has their, their fun. As I said, you know, they had this over-the-top moment where, where Till ejaculates everywhere with just a ridiculous amount. And it's just like, they can't look at that and go, well, this is the symbolism for the unfed masses or something. Like, it's like, nah, dude, that's just funny yeah and they have like certain film clips as well are just funny mm-hmm. like the kind lust film clip it's them in fat suits dressed up as, as mafia men playing in a garage and they just like they get all sweaty and one of them takes off their shirt and it's like they got like saggy man boobs and everything and they're just having fun with it the one of their latest film clips it's a riff on a It's just a riff on like the 60s beach culture in America from like the Beach Boys. Right. And it's like, it's a Rammstein song. Yeah. While they're in like little bathers (laughs) and like, there's like girls on surfboards and all this crazy stuff, but there's still a Rammstein song playing. I like that. And it's quite, it's quite cute. And it is. It's like, it's like their latest film clip. I think their latest single. I can't remember what it's called. But then they do have like really, really. Like, some of it is really unnerving. It can it can go either way. Yeah. It's like the Mind Tile film clip and the song. I think it's... I can't remember what it's about, but it's kind of brutal. It's about something like a mother who killed her child or something. Or, like, something to do with that. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But that's, like, a... That's just a really sort of harsh and unforgiving film clip and the song. It's just mournful. I don't know. I just... I like that you could listen to it and it goes either way. Yeah. And the sound just really resonates with me. It's not terribly complicated. Yeah. But it's, you know, most of it is catchy. It's fuck.
2: It's fuck.
0: It's fuck. So that's my word vomit. So the reason why I was comparing them to Leslie Nielsen, I guess, is because they do have silly moments, but they always do it with, like, a straight face. Yeah. So, like, how Leslie Nielsen in, in... Flying High, is just... He's so serious, but he's so goddamn funny. Yeah. And in Naked Gun as well, he's just so funny, but he never cracks. Yeah. Okay. Nice. You go on. What's... Why do you not like this band?
1: Look, I don't... Not like them for anything that they've done, necessarily. Again, it's just one of the... It's similar to, like, Monty Python. Like, Monty Python as an institution is fine... I don't care for it, but it's more just because I associate Monty Python and also Rammstein with a specific type of person I went to school with, and that was their sort of, their cultural awakening. Okay. Like, so when I think Duhast, I just think of dudes in my high school classroom being all like, yeah, like, check out this fucking cool, like... Music, but it just it is so like I just associate it with like a really annoying like sort of edgy kind of I don't know like I was, yeah I obviously have a lot of thing feelings to unpack around them, but
0: I could see that though I could see the Edge Lords taking well, it's just flight. like it's
1: that sort of shock factor, like yeah, and yeah, like going to a religious school. There was just something a little more like. Nauseating about it, like, yeah, kids that would sort of lecture other kids on like how to be a child of Jesus, but then they're like, Oh my goodness, check out this really amazing band! It's just like, What mm. are you even about? Mm. Like, um, yeah,
0: I think you gotta go back to like the mid to late 90s though, and that was a lot of musicians, like, you know, who was the sh- most shocking person in the 90s was Marilyn Manson.
1: Which I get. 9 inch
0: nails, you know.
1: But when it goes somewhat against who you say you are as a person, like, these are the I, same yeah. people where, like, if they saw these people simulating sex on stage, they'd be like, that's disgusting. So like, it's not so
0: much the band, it's the people you went to high school with. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I'm sure you've had it before, where, like, someone you dislike really gets into something and just on principle you're like, nah, fuck it. I do not want to get into that.
0: I don't know if I so much did that, but I've I've already explained this in, on the pod. It was when I would, when people I looked at that I didn't necessarily like for no reason whatsoever, and they started listening to the same music as me, I was like, well, fuck you. you you're, yeah. not, you're not true metal. <laughs> so I don't think I've ever, I mean, unless something gets associated with, you know, yeah, like something wrong politically. But yeah. for me, it was more just like, well, I don't like you, but you're saying to like the thing that I like. <laughs> and I'm not questioning myself, and I'm not questioning that, but you're obviously a poser. Yeah. For no reason. I was an idiot in high school.
1: Oh, we all were idiots. So... It's a rite of passage, just being an idiot for a few years, and then growing up.
0: Do you know who's not an idiot in high school? Is the teachers. I don't know. Some of them are.
1: Had few idiots teaching me over the years.
0: That must suck sometimes.
1: I can't imagine. Like... Being a
0: high school... T- I, I I could teach uni. I could teach a, like a film class at uni because people want to be there.
1: Yeah.
0: High school, nah.
1: Nah. Nah,
0: nah, nah. If I... I was my most bold in my year 7 SOS class. We had. <laughs> and he was German himself. A teacher called Mr. Bayer, who was the librarian. Yep. And he just had no control over us. Yeah. Ooh, my phone. Uh, he had zero control over us. To the point where he said to me one day like we were just being shits. <laughs> and I I acted this way because I told my brother that I had Mr. Baron. he's like ah oh, Mr. Bayer. You And look, you I don't fucking feel kids. I don't feel great about it, but Mr. Bayer <laughs> said to me he's like Sam you Have an after school detention. And I said to him, I said, Mr. Bayer, no, I don't. And he's like, and you could see him just like calculating it in his brain. Like, oh, he's not, he's not going to, like, he doesn't, he's not going to do the after school uh, detention. He's like, well, sit down at least. Oh. And I don't think I sat down. I, that was, as I said, that was my most bold. That was possibly me at my worst. (laughs) I got better after that.
1: Were you trying to impress a girl?
0: No. No?
1: No. Well, there you go. I
0: had had the guitar for that. That's true. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, like, listening to Do Husk tonight, I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, really cannot be bothered with this. But it's more, I guess, interesting, with a big question mark, than I remember it being again, because to me, it just reminds me of high school and just that sort of painful cringe thing of like everyone establishing who they are as a person and yeah i don't know
0: yeah who knows yeah what i do know is this song i feel like this is if you say to someone rammstein they go ah do hast
1: yeah this like is... it's the only one i know of there's really this,
0: yeah this is the song yeah that said though i don't it's not their best song no to be perfectly honest i they get i'm not going to say they get better because a lot of the songs on um Her's Aligned, like asha mm-hmm. asha zuasha and do reek so good they're they're bangers yeah. i just i don't know i feel like sort of listening to this song a few times it kind of just lacks a lot of what they would really get good at that lacks they sort of like it has their very distinct sound, and nothing is really different. But it's just like I don't know; it's just not as catchy as a lot of their stuff. It's mm. not as it's not as heavy as a lot of their stuff, and it just even their film clip. It's just kind of like what's so this? Yeah, yeah, what's going on here? Like what what does this mean? It's also a bit again just a bit sort of run of the mill, sort of dull. And this is like. This is kind of weird to say that so early in their career, this was their second album. This was their, I think about their third single, All Up. Mm. And it's just kind of like, well, this will get better in my mind. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it, I mean, it does, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it just, like, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I do like Duhast. I think it's a very good song. And, but at the same time, if you're going to do... Like this came from the Punk Goes Nineties album. You're going to do a Ramstein song. You're going to do this song. Yeah. Re- real realistically, you're going to do this song. Like you're not going to do any other Ramstein song, well, especially no. from the nineties. No. So, yeah. I, I and it's it's sort of, you know, we would have had to have watched the full or listened to the full English translation of it. It is a bit hard when it's in another language to yeah. sort of really dissect the the language of it
1: so going by the did you want to say something else
0: no <laughs> okay
1: so yeah going by the english translation that is up on genius like it's interesting like it's cuz yeah the verse is essentially you you have you have me or you you hate you hate me depending on how you yeah read that ambiguity but then to me it sounds like the narrative is sort of just questioning whether you should be with the person you love kind of thing. Like, the chorus, do you want until death separates you to be faithful to her for all days? And then I think in the background they're saying yes, but then the actual lyric is no. So it's like yes, no, yes, no. Oh, okay. okay. Um, do you want until death, which would separate to love her even in bad days? Yes, no, yes, no. What is
0: yes in German? Isn't it ja? Is that... So, in the... There's, like, the lead-up to the nine is, like, the... Could be, like, yeah. Nine.
1: Yeah, possibly.
0: Like, the, the sort of, like, the high-pitched kind yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I find that interesting. Like, but again... Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean...
1: Our son is meowing mournfully at something outside.
0: I don't think that was him meowing. Oh.
1: that you know, someone outside.
0: Oh, okay. Well, he's not sitting at the window.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, I don't know. I just, I, like, it's definitely a staple of theirs. It's definitely a huge song, but at the same time, I just feel like, lyrically, it's, it's all right. Um, I feel like, you know, you, you hate, you hate me, like, it they are going to be a band that is... They are going to... They probably already were at that time. They were going to be a band that, that is hated and does things that sort of extrapolates that narrative. Yeah. You know, I think they were even one of the ones that got blamed for the Columbine Massacre. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, they just... They, they were going to... They, were, they still are. They are a band that, um, you know, does things to sort of piss people off, I guess. Yeah. And that is a very metal, very punk kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I just, I do like the song. Mm -hmm. I think still by the end of this, it might still be a hell yeah for me, or even just a yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's just, yeah, I just, you know, if I'm listening to, if I'm going through their greatest hits, it's not the first song that I pick up. Yeah. But it's not a song I'll skip. Yeah. If that sort of explains anything.
1: (laughs) It does.
0: Should we talk about... Oh, we did talk about the film clip, didn't we?
1: Oh, I guess we can talk about it in more detail. If we have anything to
0: say. So it's the drummer Christoph Schneider is driving in a car with his partner. And he's getting ready for something. He pulls out a gun, tucks it behind his pants. Behind his... In between his pants. Into his belt. Into his belt. (laughs) And the rest of the band are there wearing... Man masks? I don't know. Mm. And it looks like it's going to be a scene from a mob movie where they're going to shoot him or kill him, but then they don't. They party with him. They light him on fire. They drug him. And he's fine. And then he walks out, and his partner looks horrified because she's been waiting outside for him. She looks horrified, and then they all walk off and the car blows up, assuming that she's probably... In the car, or at the car, or She's something. you sitting
1: against it, watching them.
0: Yeah, so I... it's just, it's just again, like there's gonna be so many more of their film clips. Have a lot more. I don't want to say creativity. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to take away anyone's narrative. Yeah, but you know, there are film clips that you know, as I said, will be funny. There will be ones that are really bleak. You know, I'm thinking of like the Sun film clip, which for the longest time was my favourite film clip. Because, I don't know, I think in my, in my immature teenage brain, I was like, yeah, fuck Disney. Because essentially it's them as the seven dwarfs, or they're the six dwarfs. And Snow White comes in, but she's corrupt as shit. Like, she's she's stealing their gold. She's, oh, yeah. she's abusing them. Um, and even that is kind of hilarious that they're tiny and there's this giant woman just smacking them on the ass. And instead of taking a poison apple, she overdoses. Yeah. So I can kind of see that, like, looking at it now, it's like, ah, it is a little bit edgy. Like, it is a little bit.
1: That's, yeah. It
0: is a little bit edgy. But there's so much more that's going to get better. This one was just kind of like, ah, okay, that's a little bit, it's a little bit boring.
1: I think, if anything, it just kind of sums up what I never liked about the band without even really bothering to get into them was just that... Edge for the sake of being edgy.
2: Like,
1: Mm. I don't know. Just, yeah. I think their selling point for a lot of people was just that shock factor, which is fine. But it didn't really lead to anything. Like, it's not like it challenged at the time. Like, it didn't challenge... Like, the people I grew up with who were like, oh, fuck, yeah, do has, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's not like they grew from the experience. Like, they didn't change or challenge their world views. they were just like oh yeah no this is just fun to listen to which that's fine like if that's the purpose you get from your art that's fine but from what i understand of rammstein is they do use music to sort of challenge the status quo a bit yeah but if you're not li- like if you're not hearing that then like
0: but you also need to you either need to dig Dig into it and try and translate it as well.
1: Oh, they were. I'm sure they were. Like, I seem to recall, like, just that classic thing, like, similar to your nephew, like, I find this music really interesting, I'm going to learn German.
0: They do have... They had, like, the the song America, which I think a lot of it, or parts of it, is in English. Mm. And it is that whole thing of, like... And it is just, Was like... The,
1: post-9-11, sort of...
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, Just very much, like you know, the Americanization of the world, essentially. And so it's just like, I need to listen to it again, but I know that there's a bit where he talks about Coca-Cola. So I'm wondering if he lists off just a whole bunch of American brands as well. (laughs) Um, And so again, like it has that sort of silly narrative. They're they're doing the the man on the moon bit. They're all in astronaut costumes playing their instruments on the moon. And it's kind of funny to look at, but it's like, yeah, but you know, America is sort of, you know, a big part of the world that, you know, we've sort of, you know, becoming this one culture, I guess. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
0: But, needless to say, there is another song to talk about in this episode. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. let's get on to Motionless in White. (laughs)
2: This
0: So did you know that there were uh, two famous things about Scranton, Pennsylvania? I sure did. One of them was the US edition of the hit TV show The Office, which thanks again to Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey killing off every other Office podcast.
1: I mean, they're doing the Lord's work in a sense.
0: We, we A little bit of insight into this podcast. This was initially going to be an Office podcast. Yep that I'm very glad we didn't do. Same. I also, even before they did that, was very glad that we didn't do that in the end.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, we're absolutely adding to the problem of that whole movement of podcasts that just unpack every single iteration of a collection of things. But at least to our knowledge, there isn't another Punk Goes One. Whereas, like, The Simpsons, The Office, like, all these ones...
0: Surprisingly, I've not. I'm sure they do exist. I've not heard of a Simps- uh, Seinfeld one.
1: I'm sure there is. I'm sure there would be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But... We can then be the first Buff Corral podcast.
1: That would be sick.
0: Yeah. Just call it Yo, what's poppin'? <laughs> it's your pod, Buff Corral. It's
1: the internet's only pod about your boy, Buff Corral.
0: So the other. Famous thing to come out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I've never been to Scranton, Pennsylvania. They might have lots of famous things. Who knows? They might. But the other thing is Motionless in White, which formed in 2005. Mm-hmm. And this is a bit of a juxtaposition from Rammstein, who's had no lineup changes. Uh, the only original member is lead vocalist Chris Motionless. I say Motionless in quotes. Cerule or Cherule. Yeah, uh, this is kind of a a thing that bands would, or people in bands would do, especially this kind of scene. Like I'm thinking of like the members of Avenged Sevenfold. How they've all got different names. They've all changed, yeah. given themselves names. Like, I think the lead singer's name is Michael, but he's or Mike, but he's M Shadows. Yeah. Then and there's like Sinister Gates, Sinister and... Gates, and Yeah, Zaki Vengeance and. Yeah. R.I.P. the Reverend yeah. On drums. And then there's people like Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth. And yeah, it just seems like that was kind of a thing that... I don't know if it still happens, but a lot of uh. people around the mid-2000s were sort of doing that thing.
1: Yeah.
0: It was like, let's give ourselves a name.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, like, I mean, case in point, you know, Christoph Flake.
1: Old night Flake. Maybe he
0: just likes the chocolate. Maybe. So much so. So, they were signed to Fearless Records for their first three studio albums. Mm-hmm. But are now with Roadrunner. Yep. Meet meep. Christ. <laughs> they're, they're a record label that I, I'd need to check. Another. They've had
1: some interesting names on them, they, they? They had
0: some really interesting names, but they basically, I feel like, would... Mostly operate. And I don't, I'd need to check up on this, but from like ten years ago, I remember they would, they basically would have operated from their two heavy heavy hitters, which were Slipknot and Nickelback. Yeah, it's like, well, and I mean they had lots of other big bands. Um, I think Stone Sour, the Slipknot offshoot band, mm-hmm. was signed with them. The Dresden Dolls were signed with them. Right. I'm drawing a blank. There are a few. What are you doing? Why are you going after the paint set? <laughs> you can do anything in this house, and right now you're causing noise. You're making music.
1: Boss! <laughs> Stop it. You dingus. Yeah. Uh, Roadrunner. runner.
0: Yeah. So...
1: I got nothing. Boss! Boss! <laughs>
0: Uh, so they've been labelled horror metal, mm-hmm. and even compared to Marilyn Manson, and you look at them and go, well, I wonder why.
2: Yeah,
1: they've got the aesthetic.
0: I would have eaten this, and I mean, they were around when I was in high school. I would have eaten this band up, though, had yeah. I known about them when I was in high school. The look. Yeah. I would have probably just, it would have just been the look. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, they're, they're also decent musicians. All right. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah, I would have probably tried to imitate it in some fashion. So...
1: I am struggling to picture what that would look like.
0: That's fine. Um... So...
1: So I, which comp was... This was for Punk Goes 90s? Just the yeah. original or the second? Yeah. Which
0: one? 90s one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Um. So, yeah, I mean... It definitely does enough different, but at the same time, like the same sort of tempo and everything is there. Yeah. It's still very much. It isn't to the point of you're just copying, copy pasting this song.
1: I feel like they're giving it some energy.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Oh, they're definitely giving it. And I would, I would strongly imagine they probably were pretty influenced by Ramstein to a certain degree. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm trying to find if it was on Punko's 90s or Punko's 90s 2.
1: <laughs> I gotta say, this is not going to go down as one of our best episodes. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I think I appreciate the cover because it's true to the original, but without aping it entirely. Like, they do sort of revive it a little bit for a more... Well, for, like, the next generation, essentially.
0: It is very much motionless and white, saying, let's do Duhast. Yeah. Which, I guess, is, you know, the idea of each cover. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, this was on 90s, too.
2: So. Okay.
1: That's okay.
0: Yeah, I... But, like, it is... It does have that kind of metalcore flavour to it. Like, the heaviness is amped up a bit. Yeah. Um, and then... Then it'll be amped up even more in the next cover that we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like... I don't know. I feel like he's a very competent vocalist. Mm
2: -hmm. I had a
0: bit of a listen to their other stuff as well. um, Again, this would have been a band I would have eaten up as a teenager. Do you
1: reckon you would listen to them now? Or is it kind of like that moment has passed for you?
0: Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, possibly.
1: So you mean the moments past? Yeah, possibly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Um, Yeah, I don't think it's a band that I would seek out. No. But look, if we were to do another song from them, I'd go, okay, cool. Yep. Um, I, I, th- I think they have a very, very cool look mm-hmm. that I kind of wish I could pull off as a 30 year, 31 year old <laughs> man. Right. Which, I mean, he would be a 31-year-old 30, man, probably, pulling it off himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I...
1: So what is the look for people who haven't seen it before? Oh, it's...
0: it's it, I mean, they've been compared to Marilyn Manson because they kind of look like Marilyn Manson. Like, it's very gothy. Right. It's very sort of... I'm trying to think. Like, it's kind of, like, goth, but with sort of hair metal aesthetics as well. Huh. Um. Okay. I guess, I mean, I'm not a fan of the band, so I can't really comment too much. Um, but it's just sort of like, like they wear a lot of the makeup and stuff, but they sort of have...
1: Ah, uh, I see what you mean, You know, yeah. kind of like
0: leather jackets and that sort of thing instead of, you know, cut off, cut off sleeves and that sort of thing instead of, you know, huge platform boots and lots of leather and, you know.
1: Right, so... Okay, so to me they're sort of like a more core version of, like, metal, or... Well, yeah,
0: I mean, they are a metal core band. But, like,
1: yeah, they're the core end of the spectrum.
0: And then there's a picture of them wearing leather jackets.
1: Yeah, I just pulled up the same picture. Okay. I
0: don't... I don't know They all it...
1: have very big heads for their bodies. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Yeah? Yeah. There you go. Anyway...
0: It must be kind of exhausting to sort of have that look every day, though.
1: Yes. But well, then at
0: the same time, I wonder if he could go out with no makeup on and people wouldn't notice.
1: Yeah, I guess in that sense he might have some sort of anonymity if he wants it. But, like, even as an emo kid, like, trying to get my hair just, like, must up just so took fucking ages yeah so like never mind like full face of makeup plus straightened dyed black hair plus the outfits and stuff that this guy's wearing that would just be such a time suck Mm. but it's i guess it's his thing it's his career
0: i think one of the things about this that i'm sorry and i will go back to what you were saying which is that yeah, like, I feel like... I mean, their music's very good, and I, but I feel like a lot of their success probably does come from their look as well. Right. Like, this would have been... That look would have been huge between 2005 and two, to 2009.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um. Yeah, I don't know if kids are really doing that sort of stuff anymore, but I don't, um, know, I don't know what the kids are doing these days.
1: They... Hmm.
0: I'm out of touch.
1: My understanding is they are still doing the whole, like, goth, emo scene kind of stuff but it's just a weird like I don't know I remember like before My Chemical Romance announced their comeback like scrolling through like the Discover page on Instagram the idea of fandom is just so different to what it used to be for us like because they've got all this new tech at their fingertips and like all these weird like photo and video editing apps that we never had so it's this very odd sort of more performative version of what we used to do yeah so yeah i don't know i i'm finally getting to an age where like i don't quite get it because yeah like you do have like your scene and emo kids but then they're sort of they're like a weird like tiktok brand or like a twitter brand of it and like there's a the whole goth gf meme which is removed from what goth used to be and like it's weird and that's my rant about it.
0: Okay, boomer.
1: Yeah, all right. <laughs> Fucking says the guy who's two years
0: old. I know. Than me. <laughs> I think one of the things about this, I, one of the things I love about Ramstein is, you only need to listen to it for a second to get how European it is as well. Yeah, I love. I love knowing that I can like it. I get his heritage from his voice. Yeah, he is a he is a, a fantastic vocalist. Mm. A lot of it is just sort of kind of sounds like him talking, and that's when like the real sort of singing moments are very impactful. Yeah, and I wonder if probably not. It probably is more effective to do the German lyrics, but whether Motionless in White might have been more beneficial to do the English version.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't considered that. Like, I guess to me it makes sense that they do the German version because that's the version they would have grown up with and been yeah. inspired by and it's the version that everyone knows. In a sense, I'd feel like as if they, if they were to have done the English one, I don't know if I would appreciate that as much. Yeah. I feel like it was sort of them trying to water down the original, in a sense, like, by making true. it yeah. transparent and, like, obvious to the listener.
0: That is a um, sort of point in contention with a lot of black metal bands start coming, I mean, because they all started out in places like Sweden and Norway, yeah. and a lot of them would start off singing in their native tongue, and then, of course, if they wanted to get a little bit more famous, they mm. would they would uh, start singing in English. So right. that would sort of almost immediately would just alienate the audience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, it is a thing. I probably, if they'd done the English version, I probably would have gone, well, I hate that.
1: Well, like, I, yeah. I can see, like, an argument for and an argument against. But.
0: It seems comfortable for him, though. Yeah. To like, to it. me,
1: it doesn't seem like he's putting it on. Like. Yeah. He's got the pronunciation down. He obviously understands at the very least the what he needs to be emoting in his voice like it isn't just a sort of rote like do hastamish like he mm. he's embodying
0: it i would need to listen to it again though i don't think he rolls his r's
1: rolling but... r's is hard to do as someone Hurrah. who yeah okay as someone who can't do them I was looking on YouTube the other day for how to roll my R's at work, but I couldn't practice for obvious reasons.
0: How to roll your R's.
1: Yes. I used to be able to, and now I can't. Okay. Look, I'm... It's not an attack. I am very self-conscious about it. I don't
0: have many skills, okay? I don't have much money. (laughs) I
1: don't have very much money. I don't have
0: very much money, and all I want to do is roll my R's, and you're not proud of that.
1: You know I'm proud of it. Okay. So, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I enjoy the cover. It gives it a burst of energy that it that benefits the original. Um,
0: Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Like, it does give it a bit of a shot in the arm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know, I like that it's sort of a amped-up version. Um, don't love the clip that was put together for it. Just, again, it's that sort of edge for the sake of edginess, like...
0: Well, it's taking bits from, I think, like, horror films, but old horror films, but still some pretty, yeah, some pretty nasty stuff just to basically be shocking.
1: And, yeah, like, I don't know, just on principle, like, I, for instance, I don't listen to true crime podcasts, I don't enjoy things about murderers and true crime and just all the gory stuff because, like, we already know that things are pretty fucked. Like, I don't need to know why, like, the motive behind why someone, like, brutally murdered someone. Like, it's because they were awful. Like, to me, I don't need anything beyond that and that kind of stuff just messes with my psyche. So to see these kinds of clips where it is just, like, hey, look at all this spooky shit that we're removing from like the original piece to just sort of give shock value and make you feel a bit icky inside. Like, I just don't need that.
0: Would this be a good segue to say, speaking of murder, <laughs> our next song comes from Australian deathcore band Thy Art is Murder.
1: It sure does. And I have absolutely nothing to say about this song except that the start reminds me of that bit on The Simpsons where Bart has the megaphones and he lines them up and a fly goes past it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> like. That bit cracks me up every time I see it, but it's not until the fly goes past that it just makes me lose my mind. There's just something about the... I think it's
0: the licking of his lips <laughs> for me, because he's. you can tell he's, like, gearing up for it, but he's so excited as well. He's, Interesting. He's so... He, he knows this is going to be great, and he's just, like, licking his lips yeah. in anticipation.
1: So, yeah, the only thing I like about this song is that the start reminds me of that bit.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I don't really like Thy Art Is Murder myself. Yeah. Um, I have seen them live. I own one of their albums. Okay. Cuz I tried. I tried with this band and just doesn't it doesn't work for me. No. Well, I had my spell through Deathcore. Mhm. And it's not really something that stuck with me. It's not something that I'm Terribly into. Look, if you're a kid who loves Thy Art Is Murder, then all power to you. Yeah. To me, it's just a bit boring. It's just a lot of overly heavy chords playing in the same kind of rhythm with the same sort of heavy growls. And look, this is like... I love... Droning, like, Death Doom. Yeah. You know, if I'm listening to a band like Primitive Man, that band is... That music is slow. Mm. And it's droning. But it's... It shows nuance. And it's... It's to elicit a response out of you. And the response is to make you feel uncomfortable. And especially if you're listening to it in... With headphones on. uh, It's not meant to be pleasant. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why I enjoy it. I just, <laughs> I'm do. just sort of I don't know the same why way. I enjoy true crime podcasts, but I do. Yeah. I'm looking into The Abyss and I'm looking at it from on top and I'm saying to myself, I will not fall into you, and I don't. That's what it is about. Whereas this is just let's see how heavy we can get lol. I think I shouldn't say that, but it's not, just
1: I don't know, like when we were watching this video or like this listening to this together before we started recording and I just sort of remarked to you like it must be so exhausting just listening to this all the time because like there isn't enough nuance happening in this track for me to be like oh cool because it's literally just like droning on like
0: but that's funny because I think this actually shows a lot of I don't want to say creativity, but it shows a lot of depth with them. Like, more than a lot and of that's, yeah. their original stuff.
1: And, like, to me, it sort of says a lot that, to you, this is the most nuanced they've been, having heard some of their back catalogue, whereas me, having not heard their back catalogue before, I'm coming in and being like, this is really single-faceted.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know. I
0: think, and in my mind, I have them as just, like, they're, you know, there are... Deathcore bands with a lot of technical prowess. Like, there are bands, you know, a band like All Shall Perish, bands like Whitechapel, bands like Carnifex, and they show a bit of growth as well, and they can show a bit of, you know, development. Whereas, in my mind, Thy Art Is Murder is just one long breakdown. Yeah. And and I could be completely wrong, but as I said, like, I listened to their album Hate a couple times, and it just it just didn't work for me. And that's fine it didn't but i think in this it sort of does show i don't know it shows a little bit of something mm. that maybe that maybe their original stuff just doesn't have i don't really i don't know if i really i can't decide if i like the fact cuz it's kind of like a breakdown the the keyboard part that backlash-
2: Open- uh, yeah. but
0: they do it in just like palm muted guitar
2: yeah
0: um but I, look, I feel like, come the end of it, that that breakdown at the end is kind of crushing. Mm. And in a good way. Yep. But I don't know. I, and I, I sort of hate to rag on a local band, because I think they're from Melbourne. Yep. Um, probably wrong. Sorry. But, yeah, I just, you know, it's not my cup of java.
1: <laughs> sure. So the one that is my cup of Java is our next and final cover, which for some reason it's noted, like titled on YouTube, as being the way too happy cover in all caps uh, by the Melodica Brothers.
2: Du hast mich gefragt und ich hab nichts gesagt Willst du bist der Tod euch scheidet Treu sein für alle Tage Nein Nein Willst du bist der Tod euch scheidet Treu sein für alle Tage Nein
1: this cover fucking rules. How great is it? It makes me so happy. This is.
0: Do hast by way of walking on sunshine.
1: I just. Like, this is the kind of shit. Like, and I know that I. Rag on, like, I cannot stand when. Like, though. Oh, what that postmodern jukebox and all yeah. that where it's sort of like oh and like this is what it would sound like if it was done in the 50s or like there is a certain brand of that where i like when someone takes a song chops and screws it and gives us something so different but so clever like yeah i yeah
0: and it is it's it's i mean it's it's also just really catchy it's really well done
1: and again i don't think they're taking the piss like i think- oh no
0: absolutely not
1: like, yeah, there's the juxtaposition between, like, the original and then the lyrical content versus their version, which is just...
0: Which would be really interesting to listen to those lyrics as a German person, or as a, as a person who can speak German. But yeah. listening to it sort of still, like, I don't think anything's changed. No. It's just, it's just now in the really happy version, everything's in a major key now. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> which is just, again... Just like pure choice, I just it's it's great. It's it would be kind of like one of those songs, like um semi-charm kind of life, which sounds <laughs> which kind of sounds super happy.
1: It's about being addicted to like meth. Or yeah, yeah,
0: it's like super bleak, but it's like I want something else. It is a very good song. We should do that for karaoke.
1: We should. I feel like we have before, but there's no reason why we can't yeah. do it again.
0: Um, I will probably do Return of the Mac again at karaoke. Oh, I know you will. Are you getting sick of Return of the Mac? <laughs> no.
1: Um, yeah, I... There's a certain art form to reinterpreting something that is so opposite to what it yeah. was. And doing that without it sort of turning into, like, a Weird Owl kind of parody of itself. Yeah.
0: Like, it's not a parody. It's just the Melodica brothers who are like, well, we have a positive outlook on this sort of thing. Yeah. And we like Ramstein. Rammstein.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... Like, going through all the songs, like, our required listening for tonight, and I was just kind of like, ugh, oh, okay. But then... Yeah, this last one, like, it was worth it. It was worth the struggle to get to the end, because it's just so delightful.
0: I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to find a little bit of middle ground, and we were able to agree on one of them.
1: Exactly.
0: So, yeah.
1: I don't think it's worth us lingering on anything too much longer, so, hell yeah, or yeah, nah.
0: Nah, look, it's a hell yeah for me. It's it's Rammstein. It's, you know, again, it's a band that I'm, you know, sort of have ingrained in my soul. Um, you know, if you haven't listened to it yet, listen to it. Check out their live stuff because they are a phenomenal live band.
1: You haven't seen them live before, no, have you? No, because they've,
0: I think, they've only been to Australia, like, once. Yeah. They did Big Day Out in something like 99, 2000. Right. Um... Would love to go see them. If they If yeah. they do like a world tour and they come over here, I'd love to go see them. I would love to go see them in Germany or in France mm. um, with like a crowd that is very much ensconced in Rammstein. One of our, one of my, um, so my mother's cousin, mm. uh, she moved to Germany because she married a German man. That's not where my actual German roots come from, but they came over here and so these they they're in their 60s or 50s mm-hmm. no they'd be in their 60s by now mm-hmm. and again it was just that thing of like he's like oh so his name's Evolt. he's like oh so you like you like heavy metal i'm like yeah and he's like ah, oh, well do you know rammstein i'm like yeah <laughs> of course he's like oh, yeah good <laughs> but there wasn't really much about it but it was just like oh you know you, you like heavy metal and you know i know rammstein and i like rammstein and, it's just it's this thing that's like it would be interesting going to a place where it's sort of huge for everyone. Like you yeah. look at the crowd and especially like the crowd in Germany, mm. and it's a people of all ages. So yeah, yeah, Um Yeah, look, if it's a gateway to other better stuff of theirs, then by all means. But I still think it's a hell yeah. Yep. Sorry. Now you go.
2: No, that's
1: all right. So yeah, if they would ever come over here, that's where they would be. One of those curiosity ones for me. Like I would probably go for the spectacle of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Ultimately, I'll give this a hell yeah because listening to this as an adult helps me to realize that it isn't all just about edge lord kind of shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it's there. It is. It, there. Oh, it
1: absolutely is there, but. Yeah, that's where like the onus is sort of on the listener to pass like the, and pass as in P-R-S, P-A-R-S-E, like pass yeah. the, um, like the shock value stuff as separate from the actual intent, the actual feeling behind what they're doing, what their motives are, that kind of thing.
0: I'm going to show you one of their funny film clips. When we okay. get off. So either the surfing one or the one in the fat suits sure
1: um i also really appreciate motionless and white's cover yep and then obviously the melodica brothers rule so yeah. all up it's a net positive for me so hell yeah
0: i hope the melodica brothers come up again i know I hope they become our out because i think they're italian italian version of buff Corel and the harmonics harmonics
1: uh Holophonics. Oh, holophonics. Yeah. I'm sorry, holophonics. That's all right. Me. I'd love to hear a scar cover of this. Yeah. That would be sick. Fuck, do the holophonics do
0: a scar cover? Probably not. That's alright. I'm not gonna look it up now. <laughs> um so next week's song. hmm I feel like so we've had a couple of big weeks. This is kind of we're gonna sort of slow it down again. Yeah. We're doing going back to acoustic. Mm-hmm. Uh coming from Punk Goes Acoustic Three. Ooh. Sounds like uh Tokyo Drift out there. <laughs> so, come out to LA. Why did I say that's say that so weird? I don't Say that's so weird. Come out to LA mm-hmm. by Don Brocco from Punk Goes Acoustic 3. Cool. Ridgey-didge.
1: Um, thank you for listening. Don't bother hitting us up. Maybe a reverse psychology will work this time. Um, Crab
0: walk to that comment section.
1: Absolutely. Until next week... Too <laughs>